So, like, take off to the great white north. Beauty. Beauty. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Jeez. Take off, <laughs> you hosers. Just blaze. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Uh. All the girls see them. Look at his kicks. Look at his car. All I say is... Look, mommy, I'm no good, I'm so hood Clap at your soldiers, sober Then leave after it's over, killer I'm not your companion, or your man standing Don't hit me when you wanna get rammed in I be scrambling With lots of mobsters, shot for lobsters Cops and robbers, listen Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers This is episode 77 This is the Ray Bork uh, episode uh, Shout out to Ray Bork uh, Couldn't see it through in Boston So you had to go to Colorado kind of a gutless move if you ask me but uh Bork no, was 77 in boston yeah but didn't oh now i'm like kind of wigging no, out a Bork bit. was always Bork was always 77 yeah i know but wasn't there like yeah. a thing about how he was gonna wear number seven or something i don't remember doesn't matter anyways 77 boston colorado he was number I just have photos of him face on lifting the cup and I was and I was crying the whole time so I couldn't even Okay. Do you know why he wears number seventy seven? Semantics. Seventy seven yeah, right? for Paul Cox. No, because they look like hockey six. Oh. You're full of shit. That's not real. <laughs> well, it's just true. He he held his hockey stick one time and he was like seventy seven. He's like, honestly, guys, yeah. go to H E double hockey stick, Thomas. Uh, yeah, and it's topical. Uh, um, oh, Jesus, no, he wore number seven in Boston for a bit, maybe at the beginning of his career, but his that's a lie, yeah, because he had one stick, okay, because he had one stick, they could only afford one stick. No, 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 okay, here's the story I was thinking of. It has to do with him wearing number 77 because it was like Espo's number or something. I don't really know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, welcome back. It's uh, episode 77 of your favorite uh, semantics podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Killingsworth. This podcast is called Hosers. Joining me as always is Carter Lupel coming from beautiful Stanley Street. Not in Barry. Not going to dox you. Maybe this <laughs> Barry. Maybe he doesn't. But if you drive up into Stanley Street, if you drive up into Stanley Street, you might out. find his. You might find his Jeep. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> What's the license plate number? Um, am I allowed? Actually, I have, a, I have a funny. I have a funny story after we've done our intro here. That's okay. What's new, buddy? Uh, how's it going, Chris? It's going well, you know. <laughs> um, we out here. I know. Nothing's new. It's 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 tough doing a life update when we've only had a week between episodes. Oh man, it's like we've turned over yeah. a new leaf. Yeah, and we're sticking to our resolution finally. Um, true. But no, not much is new. Just um, just school still. That's about it. Is it weird to see the Leafs beating the Habs three to two with only ten minutes left in the third period? Well, at least it's not three to one anymore. Um, I w- so I initially wanted to record the podcast after the game, but 
at least went up three one. Then I was like, let's record right now. <laughs> I can't watch the game. And then oh, the um, game's so, over in two minutes. I can't read. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it's an exciting two minutes right now. We'll see. Yeah, we'll keep um, an eye on it to see if anything exciting happens. But no, it was it was overall a boring hockey game. I even fell asleep in the middle. Viewers at home can watch. <laughs> What'd you say? He said viewers at home can watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So just school? Nothing else all that exciting? Uh no, not really just school. School's uh second semester of law school, so I'm just uh I'm hard in it. Um and that's about it. But just to think like this time next year you'll be done police foundations. And yeah, you'll be doing like security and everything. at the yep. Georgia Mall. Yeah, it's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be so really, to really sick. Drive one of the sick cars. Yeah, I get to sick I get to drive like the, the like Ford the ones and like. Yeah, the uh, the Ford Escape with the security branding all over it. Yeah, I like it. Yo, uh, Zach Hyman just scored an empty net goal, Carter. Yep. So it's over oh, for the Labaton. Me, Labaton. The shot. Oh, okay. I, count was pretty scary though like the Habs outshot them pretty badly until the third period yeah they at least hardly registered a shot the first period so I was like okay well maybe it's just a slow start it's not boring and then it was just boring for the whole time yeah we'll come back from this Thomas what's up with you my guy uh nothing nothing at all honestly well the like my the two teams that I usually write about, the Wild and Flyers, aren't playing right now because COVID. So I'm just hanging yeah. out, and just trying to write stuff, and just like get my quota. And then, yeah, I don't know. I'm not doing. Are anything. you? Are you still working on the Hosers Substack? <laughs> you mean the idea we literally had tonight? Yeah, I know, but it's going to be good. And it's crazy because it's actually really affordable. Like, you could either buy yep. Jack Hans or you could buy Hosers. So make a decision. And which one are but you But I'm more, telling you. I think ours is more educational. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Would like, you ever need to know, like, a 3-1 OZ yeah. four checker? Fucking... Yeah, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. The only uh, F1, 2, or 3 we'll be talking about is me ranking the top chicken fingers in Ontario. And I got a top three. I got an F1, 2, and 3. And I'm bringing the heat. So you guys Got to subscribe to, to get, the, uh, what get is this? the list. What is this? You sunk my battleship, F1, 2, and 3? What? <laughs> hey, we already made that <laughs> reference last week. You can't do it again. No, seriously. Oh. What? What? I made what? that joke last what? week. I don't remember what it was what? about. What? So. What? What? Are you looking down on your keyboard? <laughs> yeah. Well, the jokes write themselves, truly. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that we got all the life updates out of the way. It's nice because when we record more consistently, it's not like all this new exciting stuff that happened. So it's just same shit, different day. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I brushed. I brushed Nike. Sorry, I brushed Nike this week. Okay, that's good. So that's yeah, I, got I took Fern on a couple walks. I took Fern on a yeah. couple walks. 
There you go. I like it. Oh, it's too cold. Um, it was like sometimes like that, you know? Or the jump the paw. paw. No, like, oh, oh. And then like the oh, back yeah. paw goes at the same time. You know that? You know that feeling, <laughs> dog? You can relate. I do well, know dogs that feeling. I do know that feel. All, Yo, the, all um, the dogs listening to the podcast are like, yeah. <laughs> no. They don't. They don't do that at all, ever. Um, <laughs> Just shutting everything down. No, it's all good. So <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a week. Um, glad we got our little life updates out of the way. Um, I know we were joking about a sub stack, but I think, you know, between us starting a new one and all these Bell Media people starting something, I'm not saying that one content is going to be better than the other, but Thomas, what, what did Bell do this week that had the internet going nuts? So if in case you missed it, um, I think it was Monday. Yes. Was, um, so like literally, I think less or just over a week since Bell Let's Talk Day, they basically decided, Bell Media that is, um, to shut down TSN 1015 Vancouver, TSN, oh shit, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, 11. No, you... 1040, I think, is the one you're thinking of. 1050 is alive and Sorry. well. 10, 1040, Vancouver. 1150, Hamilton. 12, something, whatever. Hamilton, Winnipeg, Vancouver. <laughs> um, I Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they cut the out. Um, just basically, like, fired a let go hundreds of jobs just because they shut down the stations and are transitioning into, uh, especially, well, for 1040, they're transitioning into stand-up comedy radio stations. So those always pan out. Um, always. But yeah, so basically like just no notice at all. Just like completely like people are finding about it on Twitter or like texts by like other people that found out through like just letting them know that like oh your job doesn't exist anymore kind of thing um and yeah these are like established voices especially in vancouver where it's like that station's been around for 20 like sports on 650 isn't getting this like i think was barely getting half what 1040 was getting in terms of listeners like average listeners a week or whatever so i don't know what the decision was why they really did or like this is kind of a long-term thing of like maybe they just decided to show like shifting to more online content or whatever trying to get more of that like yeah like i was talking to a couple of my people that i went to school with for so they're like the sports journalism people and it seems like every company just wants more like the bar down format of just like content creation and not like local coverage so it's like yeah. rather invest that, but I don't know. It's it's just a whole like fucking it's just fucking nonsense. Like it's just terrible because it's like you're losing your like second largest market. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's from an advertising standpoint, like it's and having kind of worked through it like a bit throughout the start of COVID, it's everyone wanted to see what they can do without brick and mortar, strip down like everything to its bare bones and see what yeah. they can get. Um, and that's like, 
that media company, whether it was sports or whether it was anything, they would have done the exact same thing. They're just going to, they've learned that they don't need these big fancy studios. They don't need all the firepower that they used to have. Like it's, things are actually much cheaper than they used to be in the world pre-COVID. Um, and it sucks that they had, that had to be at the expense of a lot of, um, a lot of big names and a lot of like shitty circumstance, right? Yeah, it just seems like super wacky to me. Thomas, your audio is cutting out a little bit. So I'm going to basically take all of your good points and it'll sound like it came from me. Um, (laughs) That being said, yeah, like it's, it's definitely weird because obviously, you know, we were seeing on Twitter and stuff yesterday that people were basically like being cut off like mid show. And then they were like, quick, you got a cue to good riddance time of your life put it on it's sentimental did you see this shit and i'm like yo what the fuck that's insane to me like read the room a little bit right and it's crazy because like you guys know i worked in telecom for well over half of my career working for the red company and not the blue one and i won't like you know i'm not trying to burn any bridges in my line of work but you know all the the telecoms in one way or another you know, have have a bit of a crooked element to them, right? And unfortunately, because we work in Canada and, you know, you, you pick, are you working for the green company, the blue company, or the red company? Um, not so much the green company as far as, you know, radio goes, but you're either working for Bell or you're working for Rogers for the most part, because regardless of what outlet you work for, one of those companies owns that outlet. So, you know, it's difficult, right? Because you've got people who have worked, you know, their entire lives, you know, in radio or in broadcasting or whatever. And, you know, they can't work for the one guy. So they go and try to work for the other guy. And of course, you know, people are, you know, like to Carter's point, you know, we're, we're living in this kind of world now where everybody's trying to save pennies wherever they can. Yet we're reading that Bell took $122 million from the government and then several weeks later cut all these people's livelihood. Like, it's just crazy to me. Like the Dan O'Toole situation is completely fucked to me. I cannot understand how- Waking up and seeing looking for work in his bio. Right, like, you know, he is an absolute institution of of this country uh, from a broadcasting standpoint. Um, So it's, it's absolutely crazy to me. I have no idea where, um, you know, not necessarily where this is coming from, because I think we have a fairly good idea of where this is coming from. And, you know, Carter so eloquently, you know, brought that up a few minutes ago, but it's, it's devastating, right? Like anytime you hear about people losing their jobs, it's, it's terrible. And I think, you know, it's, it's maybe a bit closer to home for us because, you know, Thomas's work in, in sports media. And I mean, Although Carter and I dabble a little bit with the podcast and whatever, it's not even close to what some of these people are going through. No, it's and like yeah, like how can you expect like JL Wright to like to keep going like under a rebranded like I don't know I I know for you guys like I'm, I'm I feel like we're all consistent. We all watched Jay and Dan growing up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And like thinking that like it's just okay to like to like cut an arm off or like well cut half the body off, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's insane. 
Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I've been looking at their uh, Instagram, or not Instagram, pardon me, their, like, podcast thread, um, or, like, web page, and it's still saying the Jay and Dan podcast. But then we've got Tim and Sid that are getting split up as well. So, you well, know, there's... Yeah. That, that, that's okay, though. That's separate. And also, also, it's it's because Sid's taking another job. No, I so know. Like, I'm just saying, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. it would be interesting if maybe Dan and Tim hooked up. Dan you know what I mean? The Dan and Tim show, perhaps. Dan, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Because, like... <clears throat> Well, I did hear. I think it's just going to be like Jay on Sports Center or something. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like trying to re- the rebrand that's his the show. Title yeah. Or yeah. Which is so weird because it was like always the two of them, no matter what. Even in, when they did that, like journey in the states and stuff in LA. But yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's weird to see them separate because, like, as as kind of like as corny as it can be growing to aim at a different audience than what I grew into like, it's still like what I kind of was my first exposure into like, I want to do that. I want to make like people laugh and well, not whatever, but like, I just want to make sports entertaining and sports knowledge still like entertaining and not be this like stuffy suit who like lists points for a game or whatever right um but yeah yeah i don't know it's it's a big influence for like my early on kind of wanting to do this but well that was sure, that yeah. was like in in his like in his little heartfelt like release he, he just wanted to be himself or they wanted to be themselves and have fun with it right mm-hmm. and like i think that's why they had so much success and they were such an institution is because they were so authentic. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's weird, right? Because like to Thomas's point a little while ago, uh, Thomas, your audio is much better now. You're, you're doing great, sweetie. Um, but the internet guys running on the hamster wheel outside. I told him to speed up. <laughs> no, it's working. But, um, you know, you made a good point where it's like, what's, you know, we can't, fuck, if I hear the word pivot one more time in my day, my brain might explode. But, you know, you see all these companies kind of pivoting and, and trying to figure out, you know, a formula that'll work that's maybe a little bit more cost effective. And I don't know, Thomas, like you're a bit closer to this than I am. And, you know, I don't know if you have the answer, great. If you don't, don't. But like, is it more cost effective for a company like Bell to basically kill off some of their like higher end talent, like a guy like Dan O'Toole, who's probably making a fairly decent paycheck, maybe six figures, probably six figures, I'm guessing. And then just hire a bunch of like younger, and I'm only using them because it was an example that you shared a minute ago, but like hiring a team of people a la bar down who are like six people that can generate content via, you know, Instagram and and Twitter and, and their podcast and whatever, like, is that is that like part of it you think or what like what's your kind of opinion that's exactly that it i think yeah like honestly there was i saw one guy that like was younger than me calling doing play-by-play for a sense game on tsn like sends on tsn thing with jimmy yeah Mufan. he's 
he's the guy who's the the play-by-play for the steelheads right i think i saw that on yeah too yeah exactly so like yeah it's just like this movement and it's been it's every industry too like it's there it's not just sports media or whatever but it's frankly all media and even other like more established industries where it's like you take the talent that's cheap and you kind of cycle in through like because well, it doesn't ma- matter like, the talent like it's well, if yeah, you think you of take, Nike's been doing things with content creators for years and they build their entire advertising platform off of uh, like B list. Yeah. When you, when you have a power horse, you don't need something to sell it. Right. And so like when you have athletes that people are going to watch, like they don't really care at the end of the day, who's telling them what these athletes are doing. Right. Yeah. You take advantage of people that, are like enthusiastic about the job and like you take advantage of like anyone trying to like live their dream as a sports broadcaster or a sports anchor or whatever and trying to do that and then you take advantage of that and you offer them hey here's this like you get paid basically minimum wage at the end of the day and then like you get to do that so like you could take it or leave it but we're tsn so like that we're this the sports network like yeah institution gonna have thing like yeah yeah well they're gonna have people like in the wings right (laughs) like they've got oh yeah you'd hope they've got you know talent that they can bring on for you know maybe a quarter or you know a third of what you know a dan o'toole would make or whatever and i don't know it sucks because obviously it's semantics at this point like obviously we stand and you know we feel for the people who have had you know, this happened to them, whether it's, you know, in sports media, whether it's, you know, being laid off of your job, whatever. I mean, I'm grateful to be working. I know um, it's, it's not a scenario that, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, dealt this really shitty cards um, or shitty hand rather the last little while with Ontario opening and closing and, you know, no one really knowing what the next little while is going to look like, but we feel for you. We're with you. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it definitely rocked the the media world this week for sure. Um, I wanted to uh, just quickly break down a couple of things that we're going to be talking about tonight uh, because it helps me stay on, um, you know, stay on track so that I'm not uh, getting too far uh, off the beaten path, but so we talked about the, uh, the, the Bell Media stuff. Um, we're going to be talking shortly here about the Penguins. We had uh, a couple hires in the Penguins front office this week. We're going to talk about uh, the Blue Jackets and what's going on with uh, Tortorella and Line. Already a little bit of beef. Uh, Thomas, you talked about it before, but we've got a couple of teams that are not playing right now because of COVID. And I know my fantasy team is absolutely decimated because of COVID. So uh, that's not so fun. We're going to talk about some divisional updates within the four divisions of the league. And then uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to, you know, probably end it at some point or another. Um, Is this a table of contents? Can yeah, I, no, it's just, ahead? no, you can't because <laughs> I know there's podcasts that do that. I'm not doing that. It's too yeah. much work right now. Trigger warning. We're uh, talking about Brian Burke. Do we have to give a trigger warning for Brian Burke? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, don't have any or, heard. Or a content warning, a CW, I believe it's called. 
What is this a channel? Um, are you are you looking for mutuals, bro? Okay, you can't make fun of them. <laughs> do you sh do you ship Brian Burke and and Ron Hextall? <laughs> oh my god, which one's the bottom? Oh, Brian Burke's the a power bottom. Yo, I fucking hate Twitter. Okay, let's keep it moving here. So um, the Penguins obviously made some, uh, you know, adjustments to their front office in the last little while. Yesterday, they hired formally Brian Burke as president of hockey operations and Ron Hextall as the GM of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Carter, what were your uh, initial thoughts with those two guys joining? Um, I think Brian Burke is um... – uh as like the operations is going to be a very interesting fit like you you're talking you you have somebody who's had to like quarterback and analyze like the entirety of the league for years like it's such a unique perspective to throw into that role um so i i feel like no matter what you think about brian burke or not i think it's it's definitely a progressive move like not hiring like an ex like player or something like that to go or but it's Brian well, Burke. obviously Brian Burke played <laughs> like I'm just saying like you're you're not taking somebody like you're taking somebody he's, from a media standpoint like it's but he's beat the GM of three different teams this is his fourth team as uh hockey operations as like, hockey operations or like he's been GM not like the director of hockey, hockey operations it's, well in hockey operations like in chart in management in in the front office he's been part of four different teams now well yeah he's been so part I, of it's, it's, he's never it had this just, role specifically like it's, but it, it is just taking it's just a, a role to like whisper in ron hexall's ear but like i think it is just a backwards move like i i i i don't think it's any progressive like it's the same old boys club same dudes that always just rotate through teams. Brian Burke viewed Sportsnet as just like a little landing pad because he lived in Toronto already. Um, I, I mean, coffee one I time. don't know about that. that seems he like was I, not going to be there long-term. You don't he, think so? No, no. He like, sure, whatever. He had fun doing it, but I, I think he wanted to continue go back. And this Penguins opportunity or whatever, they created a role for him to be like, another voice in the room basically and he literally does not gm well like he does when's the last time he ran a successful franchise would probably vancouver and the last important thing he did was like gather some talent around generational talent within the sedine twins like it's he is like carrying that sedine twins trade on the draft floor like as his on his resume and he's just getting extra opportunities because he was able to do that. Yeah, but like, why do you think that he was – like, I mean, we also have to look at it from the perspective that it's not just Brian Burke. It's also Ron Hextall, which we'll break down but, in a oh second here. <laughs> Don't, oh, my God, me under your breath. What are you trying <laughs> to say? It's just, it's just I'm so annoyed by, like, these, like, the same dudes just going around getting hired. Like, hell, like, take, take literally anyone from other teams. Like, Chris Drury, like – basically conned his way into a promotion and yeah Rangers but he wasn't because he right he because he was trying to get he was getting interviewed by the penguins and the rangers were like oh no like we'll keep you here if you right. get a race like because he didn't right. even want that job 
Like, well, yeah, because he was leveraging what he could in the moment, to your oh, point, yeah. go from, what, assistant general manager to associate general manager, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I think at some point or – yep, yeah, I know, like, I get what you're trying to say. I just think that, like, in terms of being the president of hockey operations, that is different than the GM. And I heard an interview That's with him today. Much different. Where he That's was all talking I was saying. about – well, I think the distinction that he's made, and I mean, I've listened to a few interviews with him chatting about the role and what it is and whatever, is not too different than what it was when he was in Calgary, where with True Living, it was, you know, he viewed it more as like a business partnership, right? In the sense that, what was the example? He said, you know, you wouldn't tell your business partner a day before your two-week vacation that you were going to go on a two-week vacation. You'd instead you know, chat about it, whatever. So he's not necessarily there to like veto trades or whatever. But I also think, you know, Ron Hextall has some warts just in terms of who he is as a GM. And like, I like Ron Hextall. And I know there were decisions that were made when he was in Philly that were probably, you know, the final nails in the coffin, a la not bringing up Carter Hart as early as a lot of people wanted him to. But, you know, if you look at some of the moves that Hextall made, I know they weren't super popular when it happened, like, you know, the Braden Shen trade. But, you know, those two first-round picks turned into Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee, who happened to be, you know, what, two of the top five prospects in Philly's system? Is that fair to say, Thomas? Uh, Farabee's way better, and Frost is on the verge of, like, being a post-type prospect bust. But, yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, I think you have to look at the 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 body of work as them on their own, obviously, but also like what it's going to take together. So, Thomas, let me just put it to you this way: I'm Who fine. would you who would you have rather if it wasn't like we knew that there was going to be a president of hockey operations? Like that much was talked about from the very beginning when Rutherford left was that they were going to be, you know, kind of overhauling both positions. Was there somebody else that you think would be a better fit? For president of hockey operations? Or GM, like whatever. I think I think they should have taken Lawrence Gilman from Toronto head office. Right. Like he would have been uh, his first role as straight up GM in the league. He's always been a GM or lower. Um, right. And he has shown his capability of like, managing cap because in the NHL it's so important that you literally like it's unlike other leagues where it's just like it's so tight where you have to basically have someone by your side that knows it in and out that can do the little things that'll save you a hundred thousand dollars by trade deadline so you could trade that extra player or whatever um yeah yeah so that's like the first one name that comes to mind I mean there's other guys around the league like uh I don't know. Like in Detroit, I don't think you'd ever leave Detroit, but like, um, fuck, I'm forgetting his name. Chris Draper. Pittsburgh's not like, a team that needs those like last minute saves though. Like it's. What? Pittsburgh's not a team that needs those last minute deadline saves though. Well, I'm just like, well, it's just like, it's saving like money and saving cap space so that they can acquire like higher cap players. Because, like, yeah, that's they, what Toronto they, was doing the whole time when – because Kappa Cruz daily – this is so boring. But, like, Kappa Cruz daily, so then it's, like, 
every time you have a player down, you're saving more cap to then spend more at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think that Pittsburgh has very different issue. Well, yeah, different, but but that's also like not. But that's not all that he could do either. Like I'm just throwing names out. I've I've no idea, and I have no power and like whatever. But I'm just saying, like it's still, it would be more forward thinking than getting a dude that's been around the league for a while. Getting two guys. This is now the third team for Hextall in a management position. Like, Mm -hmm. so. I don't know. It's yeah, guys but if, that have if you been around, I don't know. I think it's a a good, like, it's it's good for Pittsburgh. I think like Pittsburgh is a team that has like the big three that really aren't going anywhere, and then you they're so deep everywhere else. Like they don't need somebody that's going to like um, analyze their system. I think they just need somebody that's that can kind of like take a look at like what's the what's like the kind of kind of quickest fix for success and why, I, let's try and implement yeah. it like well, it's, there, that's why i mean it's like progressive for them because it's not it's not doing what every team's doing right now and they're looking like okay how can we how can we capitalize on our draft or how can we look down into our system and develop um, and put money into our development to bring uh players up to like put more depth into our active roster like no they have their their four lines deep at any given time they just need somebody to look at their look at what they currently have the assets that they have and they need to say okay like let's get a 360 view and see how we can make these assets work because they're not making moves like they're not going to get rid of Latang or crosby uh or malkin like they like but see that's the thing happening they just like but that's like like they're they're not deep at all like they're they're like they're one of the like top heaviest teams in the league, I think. Like that's where they need to address the issue is like trying to get beneficial players. Like they found a gem in Gensel that could play with Crosby, but it's been a whole thing throughout his whole career of like getting someone to play with Crosby and Malkin. Like it's not, it just doesn't pan out that they can just find a player. So it's they need to make win now moves, and I think Rutherford was doing that with like more Kessel deals, more signing Brandon Tandem just because they wanted to or getting um, Brian Dumoulin to that extension, John Marino to an, a team-friendly deal that can eventually pan out because it'll save them cap long-term and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think when they made some blue line moves like Cody Cece and Mike Matheson for Hornquist, like, I think that was panic, like, from Rutherford. Like, oh, yeah, Cece's well, never a good move. <laughs> well, I yeah. think – I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to me it feels like um, it feels like they were deep for so long, and you know we have Rutherford, you know, maybe under the the guise or having the perception that they were a lot deeper than they were, which is why they added some of these pieces. But it's interesting because you know you have two very different ways of doing business, right? I mean, although we haven't seen Hextall in you know a while and we can only really go based on his one go of this if you look at jimmy rutherford like he was so impulsive he was doing more trades than anybody he was impulsively bringing people back that didn't really need to be there i mean as a maple leafs fan i was bummed to see kasperi kapanen go but when i look at what they got in return i was like 
okay, Jimmy, like whatever you want to do, big guy, like let's do it. Right. But there's also this element of, you know, Hextall was patient. He would make moves with the future in mind. And frankly, you know, to, to Carter's point, like if, if the Penguins think that they're deep or there's a perception that they're deep, and, and I would agree, like I, I don't particularly think they're very good. They don't really have time, right? Like we're talking about Sidney Crosby, who's what, 33, 32, turning 33. You know, you've got, or no, he's almost 34, isn't he? He was born in 87. All yeah. this comes from I'm yeah. turning 32 on the 19th next Friday. So you guys know to send me <laughs> Happy an birthday. edible arrangement. Thank you. Um, edible arrangement? Just you just dipped in chocolate, if you wouldn't oh. mind. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, they don't really have that time, right? And Latang's getting older and Malkin's getting older and their goaltending hasn't really been anything special. And their defense, you know, although... Um, Joseph is like kind of a bright spot on the team. He's also super young and inexperienced. Like, I don't really know what they're going to do. They have no draft picks. They're at the cap already. It's yeah, it's, it's really difficult, but I am interested to see what it is that they do to well, kind of get the goaltending that all they, like, oh, I disagree man, with you guys so with the depth, like the, the goaltending is what they need. Like they're, they're deep down to Tanev at least. And then like, when you got have like the Latang line's good, like Marino Matheson are good, and then even Cody CC plays well um, uh, with Chad, and so like it's like it's not. I I don't think they're like I think they're a good hockey team. Like it, obviously they're a good hockey team, but like I I think the problem ultimately is the goaltending and what can they do with their current assets because they're not the like they're not going to get any return for what they have. Um, like when you pit it up against what they're producing for Pittsburgh currently. Yeah, I think I agree with you that I think their top six is very good. Sorry, I'm like actually just looking at their lineup now. But <laughs> their bottom six is just like a train wreck of like decent four. Like, like I like bad. I like Aston Reese. Aston Reese is one had one of the best defensive forward seasons in a while. I think it was last season. He's like very, very good. Tanev is all right, kind of just a middle guy. But then, like, you're playing Colton Sevior, Mark Jankowski, who, like, couldn't play in Calgary. And then Drew O'Connor, who I've literally never heard of. And then, like, and then, you, yeah, you have Chad Ruiddle and Cody Cece on your bottom pair. Like, and I don't mind also the top four of, like, again, Chris, you kind of nailed it, but Joseph is just young and, like, it's might be, like, the shine might wear away when it's, like, he's playing next to Latang and then, Matheson Marino and Marino is one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. But well, you also um, have uh, Dumoulin and Pedersen out right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I like. Pedersen. I don't. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of Pedersen, but Dumoulin, I think, is a very solid guy. Um, but I forget what he's out with. Is he out like really long term? Dumoulin, I forget. Yeah, uh, he is out with a. Well, he's week to week with a lower body. Lower body oh, okay. injury. Because he hasn't played yet this season. Yeah, it's an issue with his ankle by the looks of it. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I think they're at the point now where, like, if they really want to go for it this season, like, take advantage of kind of, like, well, yeah, take advantage of, like, an East division that we'll get to it later when we do our divisional segment. But take advantage of an an East division that, like, 
doesn't really know what they want to do. Like no team is really running with it. Like the Flyers are, I think the Flyers are still top, but like, and they looked like garbage compared to all the rest of the teams that they played. Like they're getting outshot every game, but they're still scoring more goals somehow. Well, they have, they have um, McCann out as well, like Jared McCann. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Carter, you know hockey. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying there. It's it's a it's a right now. What can he do right now? He so right. He can, I think it's just a goalie. I think you just get like you said, just get any goalie that's on the market. Like I don't know. Do you try to pry out? I'm trying to think of like literally anyone right now that would even be available. Like Thomas Grice out of Detroit. Like he's played okay. Um, yeah. Fuck, I don't know. Like, Varlamov out of the Islanders. Like, do you try to get... Fuck, like, I'm trying to think of anyone. Anyone that would even be available. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's... Like, I think that's the only, like... That would be the smartest or only logical move to make. Like, they... I feel like you you keep the wheels turning with what you have. And then I think that's, like, the only... Maybe that's why they brought him in because he has the he has like the finger to put on the pulse to actually like get something between the pipes. I don't know. Well, you try to, yeah. Like, I mean, I think you you do what you can to to make that happen, right? But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's such a you know, it's exciting because, like, I mean, I think hockey's better when Ron Hextall's you know in a more active role, right? But at the same time, it'll be interesting because I think he's really going to have to show that, you know, he's kind of known for being like, you know, a bit more methodical, certainly more methodical than than uh, than Jimmy, Jimmy Rutherford. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they don't really have time, right? Do no. you guys, before you move on to the next topic, could you guys see Malkin, you know, in the next year deciding he wants to move on? If it gets really bad, like if it, if they don't make the playoffs for like two years in a row, maybe. Yeah. Like I don't know, imagine, man. like in the scenario, I think any team that wants to make it that didn't doesn't make it this season. I think they could easily chalk up any, um, like lack of success to it being a weird shortened season that you only play within division and. If you're a team like Buffalo, then you'll be like, okay, I'm literally playing up against like all the big bad teams of like New York, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philly all the time. So I'm just going to, and my team was decimated by COVID and we'll get to that later, but like the Sabres are one of the worst teams. So then just be like, okay, this is one year that sucked. And then Eichel might think this will be another rumor mill that'll come through. But yeah, like, I don't know. You can always think of it as, this will just be a one-off season, and then next season is kind of the one that you want to worry about. Yeah, yeah. I I think he generally likes it there. Like I, I I feel like you'd like one of the one of the few things that could pull him away. Like to Thomas's point is if Pittsburgh gets terrible or there's some sort of like I hate to use the term, but like Russian heart thing going on, kind of like what we saw with uh, Kovalchuk and Ovi in Washington. Like where he just wanted to play with his buddy. Yeah, uh, it's hard to say what'll happen, but you know we'll we'll kind of feel it out in the next little bit here. Um, I wanted to move on and talk about this uh, 
torts in line a situation so um last night i guess it was um there was a situation where we saw uh you know good old patrick line a new <laughs> winger for the columbus blue jackets get benched um i yeah, guess he got minutes in the, too yeah in the second period um where yeah the the benching came from uh john tortorella obviously and I mean, he wasn't playing great. Like there was a missed assignment that led to a goal, which I mean is part of the benching. But normally, you know, you'd think that the players would have a little bit of a longer leash with Tortorella for something like that. But it came out this morning that there was, I guess, a comment or something made uh, to an assistant coach or a coach I don't think they were specific as to who the coach was but I feel like if it was Tortorella we would know it was Tortorella so I'm going to go with it was an assistant coach or what have you but anyways he gets benched for the game and all of a sudden the media nonsense which started to die down a little bit once Pierre-Luc Dubois was traded to Winnipeg <laughs> is now back in full swing uh, because, of this <laughs> because of this benching what uh what did you think about that, Carter? Um, well, I was I was just reading like right before we hopped on the call. Um, like Line, I guess made a made a comment that like it it was something that he said to the assistant coach. So what you said, um, he said something funny. It was it, he was he said it doesn't matter who you are in front of Torts, um, but he he said it won't affect his um, his future or his gameplay moving forward in in Columbus. So mm-hmm. hopefully. Like they were able to like meet it head on and this is just like a, a little hiccup that maybe it's just like maybe it's just line a getting his toes wet and seeing what it's like you know in ohio and um and, and learning the ropes um so i hope they can get they can get past it they can be big boys and get past it pretty quick um because it would suck to see um this stretch on for his like his new start to his career in ohio you know yeah, and it's weird because I'm just I, I missed those comments. I'm just reading them now where you were going through it. And yeah, I mean the fact that he's just like, hey, you know what, we're gonna move past it. You know, we've got, you know, to get ready to play against Chicago, we're finished with it. Was yeah. was kind of cool. And the one thing that I like about Torts is like although he is a little cantankerous, you know, what was the quote here? I told you I wouldn't talk about this, but I need to say one last thing on it, which I think is totally unfair to line A. Um, is this, sorry, I'm going to misquote it here. Some of the situation where people are writing, he didn't work hard enough in the intensity or bad mistakes. As I told the media after the game, it had nothing to do with him being on the ice. I don't think line A should be put in that shade of light where he was lazy or didn't work hard enough because that's not what the kid's about. We know he's a great competitor and he's a really good player. He's going to be a big part of our team here where yeah, it's kind of like he will stand up for his guys. Like he said, Hey, listen, this is what it was about. I told you that this is what it was about. Like kind of leave it. But if you're going to, you know, you're going to continue poking at it. I'm going to say, yeah. Hey, like you're wrong and stand up for his guy, which I, I kind of appreciated. Well, and, and that's just it, right? Like it's like, I, I think Torts is a dickhead. I've never liked how he handles the media or, um, or like, I get, I get, I guess just in general, I, I, I always saw it as kind of pandering, but like the proofs in the pudding, like he's a, like back to our like previous argument. I don't, I don't like Burke either. 
I know you know t- hockey, Thomas, <laughs> and I, it like it pains me to. It doesn't matter. It pain, no, it pains me to stand up for Burke because I I don't like Burke and I don't like Tortorella, but Tortorella is like he's just a what you see is what you get, like old old time hockey kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like if you're up front with him, he's up front with you, and I I don't think he has any ulterior motives other than to just play good hockey right like by the looks of it I, I could be completely wrong but I, I feel like a lot of the bullshit that's gone on with torts um it's all forgive and forget right yeah absolutely I know I'm, I'm with you on that what did you think Thomas yeah I, I don't know like I think it's a very like hollow thing like it's not going to be any long-term lasting thing with line a being like this dramatic thing and I don't know like you have to kind of like be a little bit of sympathetic to line a situation where he like reportedly didn't have the greatest time in Winnipeg it was very like clicky with like Blake Wheeler kind of separating the room but yeah yeah like it's and then you go to your new team and you have this like hard-ass coach that like you were traded you were acquired from an exchange of a player that literally just didn't want to be there at all um yeah so you have all these expectations and then you like you score three goals in your first three games and then you're benched a little bit but like man i don't know i think it'll be a very like quick thing and we'll suddenly forget about it but torch just does that like kind of i think cam atkinson was the player that spoke up a lot but like you at least yeah. know where you you where you are with torch like yeah, welcome to Ohio, right? <laughs> yeah, like he he'll just bench you just because you he noticed a quick thing. Like it's a thing that is kind of annoying, especially if you're a young guy and you're like obviously he's the most skilled shooter in on his team. So it's like the game is tied. What are you gonna do? Like just leave your goal scorer on the bench? And he did, and then they still won. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be any long term thing really or long-term issue, I think it'll move on, lessons learned, all that stuff, and it'll just be letting us score a bunch of goals. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think they can afford to have Line A be a long-term bench bench player. No, they definitely can't. And, I mean, I've uh, I've really enjoyed that top line with uh, Line A, Rostovic, and Atkinson. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's crazy that – they were like, oh, Jack Roslovic can't even break the lineup in Winnipeg, but he's a number one center on Columbus. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that just speaks to the depth, obviously, that Winnipeg has. But Roslovic has looked really good. Um, and, you know, he's obviously playing on the first power play with uh, Domi and Jones and, and those guys they, as well. Do you know if they ever tried Roslovic as a second-line center? Because when they, like, didn't have stats knee and they, like – and, fuck, what was it last year? Last year, they no, had I think they, they still had Sorry. Little playing beyond the middle, too, yeah. right? Like, Shafee yeah, and Little. little. So and he, was, and was yeah. shit. Little trying to play with Line A. They should have right. tried that. Dumbasses. Yeah. Fuck Paul Maurice. Um, <laughs> what does he know? Um, speaking of uh, trying new things, the NHL is still trying to play hockey. <laughs> Through COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. How about that for a segue? 
Yeah, no, that was pretty good. Well yeah. done. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah, thanks. I'm a professional. Um, no, but so obviously, dude, it's been a little bit of a weird time because it started to creep throughout the beginning of the season. Um, like, just a little bit of players missing out and then, oh, you're putting players on the protocol list and then it's more about exposure and less positive tests that, oh, the, some players do have positive tests. Some players are experiencing symptoms. Okay, we'll shut down, we'll postpone <laughs> yeah. a bunch of games. And then Vegas as coach and AHL coaches weren't playing. So then they had like AHL assistant coaches coaching an NHL team because they're still trying to play games. And then you had the Sabres and Devils. The Devils, I think, still have 17 players on the protocol list. Yeah. Um, and and then the Wild and Flyers now. Um, the Wild have postponed their games for at least two weeks total. Um, and yeah, and yeah, and the Sabres, I think, are still not playing. Devils aren't playing for sure. Flyers just postponed their weekend game, so they aren't playing until like Tuesday, I think, or scheduled at least. I, you never know with three players on the protocol list, so. Yeah, it's just a fucked up time. Honestly, I don't know what they're trying to do and with these new tests in, um, I don't know. Like, did you guys read any of uh, the updates? On like Specifically, like Michael Russo had a thing on The Athletic about what the NHL is trying to do. Yeah, like the, they were trying to, like they're trying to impose like different restrictions on what they can do um, like within their, like within their actual cities, like the, it's basically just like home rink, home rink. And they're talking about like, I'm not sure if we're talking about the same thing, but then they're, so they're talking about like even further restricting what they're doing, um, like outside of rink time and like educating family members and like, like that type of stuff. Like they're like, I, I didn't read anything what they're doing, like in the arena or in the rink. I, I just heard about like um, extended protocols to what they're doing. Um, like as soon as they leave the rink, because obviously they can't put these guys on full lockdown again. Like we saw how the bubble exploded last year, like from a mental standpoint. Um, but they're talking about trying to somehow like police or govern their activity, like from rink to home. Yeah. And like, so I think that was mainly it. And they're like, I think they're getting a list of restaurants in places that oh, I that think they can Ontario, eat in <laughs> Ontario only that they're getting a list of restaurants that NHL players can eat in. Um, so I was also talking about, uh, so Russo's piece was a lot about the wild getting locked down and um, with the devils and sabers and how the devils and sabers played a game against one another. And it basically turned into like a super spreader event where it's like, yeah, I think I think two linesmen also <laughs> from the game were tested positive. So it's just like this insane game. And then also that the NHL is now sending positive case um, positive cases to this clinic to get genetic like sequencing done. Yeah, on like what strand it was or something. Oh yeah, like why yeah. are why are these athletes more susceptible to catching it and everything like that? Well, yeah, yeah, and even like even narrowing it down to like what city, and then like by that they can figure out if players can 
are giving it to one another on the ice, which like is pretty self-explanatory if you're like not wearing masks and you're and you're and you're like in cold air and you're like breathing on each other. I think you could give someone COVID. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a whole fucked up situation. Like even last, was it last night the Vegas thing or two nights ago? Um, I think what the yeah. media availability thing. Yeah, well, like in Vegas, like Vegas, uh, fuck, which is Thomas Nosek tested positive and they pulled him in the second period. And like, yeah. Yeah. so then he didn't play for the rest of the game. And then like the media availability was cut short or just wasn't available because like all the teams were isolating or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just so, I don't, under, like each day there's a new like level that like, oh, we're, gonna keep on going and ignore this and like we're gonna try to get better and like the nhl is trying to like getting rid of boards putting air filters behind the bench like all these little steps that kind of look nice but then like real the reality is like you're still trying to be a professional sports league in an environment that just doesn't work like baseball and football work because it's outside nba works because it's not a lot of people and they have the resources to kind of limit spread so like i don't know what the nhl is going to do in the future i don't know if there is a future if they can really say that like after half the teams are like postponing schedules and like then you're looking at schedules being into the summer just like again then like then it starts affecting next season so are they just going to pull the plug on the season like playing half the amount of games that other teams have played like there's no way that you can (laughs) are you going to wait until like all the teams have played like 24 games and then be like, okay. And then buy, or like wait until this date, cut it off and be like, okay, buy points percentage. We're doing the playoffs now. Like, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Like, sorry. Wild. You only played like 16 games and got this many points, but the coyotes were able to stack up points because they went on a winning streak or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It's so like, it's literally day by day that there's new stuff coming out so it's just fucked up honestly and they're gonna have to like cross the bridge of the playoffs um eventually anyways like when it gets down to the the regular one four two three um oh yeah uh, like format you know what i mean um i don't know if you boys want to keep talking about covid um like i i think you're completely right thomas they're like floundering right now like they I think they're like, yeah. it's like, it's like, they're like chickens, like their heads cut off right now because to, to your point, every day it's something different and like games get postponed, like up to airtime. Right. <laughs> it's and a it's, mess. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, I don't think it's like, I don't know if you look at teams that like, haven't like, like who is what's the least games played right now? I think it's uh, it's nine games with New Jersey, yeah. Um, and then the most games played is um, I think it's sixteen with Vancouver right now. Um, and then poor Ottawa only has five points. Jesus. Um, but is this I think your we way? should. Is this? Yeah, this is my segue over into. Well, let's talk about COVID still and how that has basically affected the divisions and like the spread and the games played and the points. Um, and what that means um, for, I guess, like the projection for this and leading to playoffs. How do you guys think we're going to tackle this playoff format? Like when we're inevitably going to have to cross borders and everything. 
What? I honestly don't. I can imagine a situation where they pause it at a point, lay off for like two to three weeks, just no hockey at all, and then it's a bubble for the postseason again in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It just makes the most sense. And they're, so they're going to like try to tough it out until they can definitively say, okay, that's enough games to represent the regular season. We're making this huge decision. It's unfair right. to some teams. We get it. Whatever. I'm sorry, Arizona. You can't make the playoffs because whatever. Like you lost yeah. this one game. It sucks. But that could also happen in an 82 game season. You could lose by one point. Whatever. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I think. I don't know. I think that's what's gonna happen. They'll they'll definitely have to do the bubble again. I think no matter what. Yeah. And it'll be by points percentage too. That's definitely going to happen as well. Like, because dude, there's no like, chance that all those games are being played. I don't yeah. know if it's just like coincidence that Pierre LeBron is basically tweeting every day that like, don't remember guys. It's about points percentage and then like doing the top ten. Like, is he hearing something? Like, <laughs> yeah. is he? Is this like he's tweeting this out so that we get used to looking at standings and points percentage and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah probably. I mean, that's especially with the way that things are going in some of these markets, right? Carter, is there, like, what division do you want to start with? And then we can kind of make our way through it. Um, well, just like a quick overview, like if we go f- for Central, we have like Tampa up top and Detroit at the bottom, um, which is not really a surprise. Um, and then like going over to the East, you have Boston up top with uh, Buffalo at the bottom, which again, wasn't a surprise. And then you have Vegas at the top, which is a bit of a surprise for um, the West. And then the Kings at the bottom, which isn't a surprise. And then uh, not not a surprise to see the Senators at the bottom and how the Leafs have been playing. It's not a surprise to see them at the top um, in the North. Um, and I, I feel like we've talked we we've talked we talked about a lot about the North last episode. So maybe we can start um, start with the West and work our way over. I mean, I thought you, you already want? did a pretty good breakdown. Is there anything else we really need to talk about? Well, if you, if you guys just wanted to talk about the body of it, like what surprised you, like north to <laughs> south, right? Like it's like how, like any surprising, like like McKinnon's yeah. back playing, like McKinnon's back practicing. So that's the exciting news for like, like he's back practicing and then um, the wild are on, covid lockdown so there's the exciting news for the west like stuff like that you know what i mean yeah i mean i think if we i mean let's start in the north division and we we can make our oh, way through but canadian bias well fuck yeah 100 percent. you know who i am um <laughs> this, the is the, this is the stars and stripes podcast no because that would mean that we're the dallas stars official dallas stars podcast as, as you know, yeah, Stars and Stripes, the podcast. Can you guys can you guys hear me? Okay, I'm just gonna let the dog out. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what are you, what are you a Baja man? Yeah, who let the dog say I did, motherfucker. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, like I mean, the North Division is fucking sick. Like I mean. I don't ever want to watch American hockey ever again because well, Canadian division's bomb and the Leafs beat the Habs. Everything is right in the world. The Leafs and the Habs have like a sick rivalry again. 
Ottawa's in the basement, which is sick. Calgary and Edmonton can't really figure it out. Like Edmonton is basically like dry side McDavid and then guy, 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 other guy, defensive yeah, it's, guy. It's, it's, it's funny watching Edmonton <laughs> games because all it is is, so yeah, how do you, how do you plan to contain McDavid tonight? <laughs> they're like well we're gonna uh we're gonna pass josh archibald the puck once in a while and uh you know zach zach cassian will look menacingly into the camera <laughs> like you know but but and then you got winnipeg and i like i'm still not totally convinced that winnipeg knows what they're what they're all about but you've got like vesna caliber goaltending from you know hellebuck and you know yeah it's it's just you know, but but it's sick though. Like, oh man, I know I sound like such a homer, but it's like I'm gonna be miserable when I've got to watch like the Leafs play a team I could give a fuck about because you know it's just what's on on a Thursday night on TSN four. You know what I mean? Well, what I'd yeah, like to that, be doing. This is what we're what we've been like all can like all of us growing up all dreamed about seeing like an all Canadian division, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, right? So, like, there's just this overwhelming sense of, like, oh, man, I wish it could. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you first start dating a girl and you're like, oh, baby, I wish it could be like this forever. And then, like, (laughs) you know, you, like, you know, she, like, meets your brothers and, like, your brothers, like, fart in front of her. And you're like, oh, babe, like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not like (laughs) that. I swear to God, I, I'm not like them. I, I do think, like, I, I do like, like, I do hope it stays this way for a bit because it is going to be interesting come playoffs because you could, it's very realistic to have a Philadelphia-Toronto Cup cup final. Yeah, exactly, and that would be and fucking so, sick. And so it's it's going to be crazy. It'd, to, be, or, it'd be... Sorry, go ahead. Right? Yeah, like the... the two, like, yeah. But that's what I mean. Like you, you don't necessarily have to have somebody from the West playing the East anymore. Like it's because they do the the top four teams, and then it goes down to like, and that's intra divisional. And then you have mm-hmm. then once yeah, yeah. down to four teams, it like you play cross division, right? Yeah, and so it's very realistic to have somebody who would have traditionally been in the same conference, um, or like East versus West. Um, now play East versus East or West versus West for a cup final, which is like crazy because that's, that's not happened in our lifetime. Right. Or in Stanley cups lifetime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Thomas. No, it's okay. I was going to make a different point, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, no? it's, it's difficult to, you know, think about what the next little bit is going to be. And I mean, obviously we talk about like, Hey, hopefully we can like just see all this shit through. Um, so for me, it like playoffs seem like kind of a distant thought, but at the same time, yeah. Like, I mean, if, if we were able to get that kind of, you know, excitement and I mean, the viewership is obviously up so significantly in Canada. I mean, I don't know if they could do this in its current iteration, you know, for, the next five years or something, but fuck, I'd love to see it. Yeah, but look, ahead, at, look at what it c- could yeah. do to like, oh, sorry. No, no, no. No, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying, look what, like, if you think of, like, if you, like, put your imagining cap on and, like, think of what it 
what it could do for Canadian tourism and um, and like what the like the Canadian media market means like if it was just a like I know it's a bit different in the states but if you think of like interprovincial travel and how like dirt cheap it is like what that means for Canadian fandom of hockey and what that means for opening up different teams in other Canadian markets that could handle it if like this like I feel like this type of structure like opens up something completely yeah different. well you know, like I think uh, yeah so the point I was going to make earlier and kind of still fits. So uh, I think the one thing that will stick from this division, is, or sorry, season, is the whole like series format, like the multi games yeah. in a row. But I, I think it. that also that also helps your point of like tourism. Like I was talking to my dad even like a couple of weeks ago, where it was like, I love like I'm loving this where it's more like an event and like it's oh, yeah. more that baseball kind of style where like. Even when yeah, like, you, you, all, you see even people when, from Baltimore like staying in Toronto yeah. for a week to watch the series, yeah, so right? It's, so exactly. So like, even when it's cross border and like cross division, like if you're if you're a Leafs fan and Leafs are playing Colorado for or like or somewhere cheap cheaper to fly to, like Washington or whatever, like they're going to Boston or Rangers, then you go to take a weekend and go to Boston and then you're, they're playing the Friday, Sunday or Thursday, Saturday. And then you're there Thursday until Sunday. And then you're like hanging out. But yeah, I, yeah. like it's, I think that kind of adds a little bit of extra, like a revenue stream that they can maybe make, like package the the tickets or whatever. Like it opens up yeah. a new door of like financial stability and just yeah. interesting stuff to watch because then you kind of start to hate teams. Oh, and absolutely. And I think for like an American market, it makes total sense because they're already used to it for the baseball model, right? Like yeah. I, I feel like for Canada, it might get like the culture around it might take a little bit more getting used to, but. But even yeah, if you're I, like, I, if, if you're a Jets fan and the Jets are in Minnesota for a weekend or like during the week, then yeah, like, I think it makes tons of sense to Yeah, just drive like, on down and <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I like it. I, I like the I, I do I do like the rivalry thing because you can you've seen it so many times already this season, how like fed up with each other the teams are by the oh, end yeah. of the stretches, right? Yeah, big Even, time. And I mean and, Yeah. No, Sorry, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to talk about the uh, the next division, but no, let's let's keep it let's keep it funky, well, bro. Yeah, well, I was just going to say also with like the whole series thing is that you're seeing like storylines resolve or storylines like accelerate. Yeah, almost immediately. Time. Like if something oh, yeah, happens you, in the game, you're like, okay, I, I can't wait to watch two nights from now because like that is going to get brought up again almost immediately instead of like oh the next time these teams play each other is in two months so i can't wait yeah. until like no one's forgot about it like imagine like the whole doughty kachuk, thing. the doughty kachuk thing like yeah if you if those two teams play each other like for the next if they had a three game series and that was happened the first game imagine the peak in viewership around be like i have to tune into this like random king's flames game where I'm not yeah, a fan yeah. of either, but there's some shit is going to go down. Like, 
you saw it to Chuck and the Leafs. You saw to Chuck and the Leafs resolve itself, like already this yeah. year with like the knee to the head and then the puck and then the fight and then the like. It what you saw the storyline like intro. Well, yeah, but end, you're right? so you're so much more invested, right? Like I agree with you, Thomas. Like a hundred percent because you know people like storylines and frankly, like they're just. They, they don't play each other enough uh, in like a quick succession. I mean, interdivisional games, yes, but even then, they don't always feel like they mean something, right? And then you've got yeah. like NBC Sports, you know, well, and not just NBC Sports, Sportsnet and, and TSN do it too, where like they try and like create these these rivalries or like these storylines that just like aren't there. And it's so in- disingenuous that when you do see a storyline and you're like, holy fuck, like Muzzin and Kachuk, like they really don't get along. You're, no. you know, you're on the edge of your seat the next time that they're playing. Right. Because you know that it's real. Yeah. And some, and some might not always work out. Like when the like coyotes are in Toronto for like a two game series, like, okay. Like, what storyline are you going to do? Are you going to keep on playing the Matthews grew up cheering for this team thing? Probably not in a couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, some stuff might not do that. And you have that in baseball, too. Not, every series doesn't have to be a perfect, like, storyline, picture-perfect, amazing narrative. But mm-hmm. it'll, it, it's more than worth it, every other situation. Yep. No, I, I'm with you on that one, buddy. Um should we make our way to the mass mutual East division? Oh, sponsorship and everything. Well, I just know that you're going to want to talk about Philly a little bit. Can we talk about how James Van Riemsdyk is absolutely lighting it up for Philly? Yeah. Leafs should have kept. I mean, they would have never been able, they would have never been able to afford him, but yeah. Okay. Who has more goals Tavares or Van Riemsdyk right now? Oh, Talk that talk, bro. (laughs) He's like, what do you think has been the key to success for the Flyers right now? Dude, I don't fucking know. Honestly, they're like, they're, if we want to get into numbers and shit, like, they're, we have a better record, but whatever. Yeah, but the, I feel like the Flyers are on the edge of being like a paper tiger team. Like, they are not anywhere near as good as what the record shows yeah they're not I real think, yeah um yeah that's what i mean uh but yeah i don't know like fuck they they're like riding a super high power play percentage and shooting percentage at five on five like and they're getting decent goaltending and they're just not like possessing enough of the ice if that makes yeah. sense, like at during normal play and they don't look good, but they're still just like getting wins out of nowhere. Like Scott Lawton scoring a hat trick against the Capitals to win it. And like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's, yeah, they're just like falling ass backwards into points and stocking these up to like eventually maybe they'll add someone desperately needed a defenseman. Um, but maybe they'll add someone at the deadline and then maybe look up a little bit more secure. But right now yeah. it's just not, I don't know what's working for them, honestly. No, I'm with you. 
And I also think that, like, when you look at Boston, who, you know, has played less games and, you know, has a better record, like, Boston, you know, you know, to contrast the two teams, they look legit. Like, I mean, they've looked legit for a long time. And, you know, now that Pasternak's back, you know, I know a lot of people were really worried about, like, oh, yeah, they're not going to have Chara. Like, their back end's going to fall apart. And, like, Charlie McAvoy is so good and so good they're they're you know i know hockey twitter is just absolutely rock hard just thinking about it but it's like you know they've got this first power play unit of all forwards so they're just <laughs> like loving it and yeah i don't know like even some of their guys that i like wasn't conv- like i knew that they would eventually turn out but like you know i remember when they drafted uh Jakob Zaboral, um, you know, as a part of the Barzal was on the board and you drafted these three random people. DeBrusque looks good. Zaboros looked really good. Um, Jeremy Lazon has looked really good as well. Like, I don't know, man. The Bruins, you know, for me, they're, you know, really the uh, the best team in that division right now. And it's not particularly close. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, glad that uh, you had a lot would to you, say there. Would you rather see the Sabres or the Devils at the bottom? Oh, man. For me, probably Buffalo because I've got a couple of Devils on my team, my fantasy team. <laughs> my okay. Ty Smith. Selfish. Selfish. Yeah, Ty selfish. Smith was doing some good work for me, but he's not currently, obviously. So, And I don't know. The Sabres, I just can't. I mean, they haven't played as many games as some of the teams in the division, but, I mean, they've played one more than New Jersey at this stage of things. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Buffalo just seems so, like, they're just all over the place, right? And, like, Taylor Hall, when he gets traded to the Leafs, uh, inevitably as a deadline deal, (laughs) um, as we were talking about earlier tonight. Like, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense to me how they continue to just not be great. And I know their goaltending is obviously a challenge, but it's, it's all Rasmus or Salarman. Fucking shit. Yeah, I don't know. I I want shit. to see, I want to see Buffalo do well. Like it's like when you got when you have like when you have Eichel and Hall and Stahl and Cousins and Eakin and Skinner uh, and Skinner and then Reinhardt. Ristolainen, yeah. Darlene. Um, <laughs> you just want to go through their like entire... Colin Miller. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense that they're at the bottom is what I'm, like, the point I'm trying to make. Well, you could do that with literally every team. You could be like, why is Ottawa so good, they, so bad? They have Brady Kachuk, they have Thomas Shabbat, Matt Murray. Well, Brady, Brady Kachuk doesn't know how to skate. Okay. And okay. You have, you have, <laughs> he's you have Colin White. Why are they so bad? Yeah, Carter's very critical of skating. <laughs> I yeah, no, he's just not a. I I don't know. I, I, I don't you've think been saying that forever though. You always skates like he has sandpaper on his skates. No, he just has like a, bit of a goofy stride. <laughs> <laughs> he does, but he's, um, he's, he's does a good job drawing penalties and getting under skin. Like I, I was yeah. a bit like concerned why they gave Kachuk the A so soon, but he does his job well, you know, like I, I don't think he's a great hockey player. I, he's I think... just one of the guys on the team that's not getting dealt at the trade deadline. That's why. 
But no, it's right. just no. I, I want to see them do well. Like that's my point to Buffalo. Maybe just because I'm I have a soft spot for the Stahl brothers, but they they just need an actual defenseman that wants to play defense. Like literally every player, like Jake McCabe is all right. He might be like a solid two-way guy, but like he's like a third pairing guy on a very good team kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like Ristolain and Montour, Yoko Haru, Colin Miller has been disappointed. But like, man, that's just terrible to surround Dalene with that. Like Dalene's like shown a little bit of glimpse also, but it's not, he's nowhere near be, being like the dominant, like, oh, the next Eric Carlson prime and that's lasting the next decade. Like he's nowhere yeah. near that right now. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, they had, you know, this great defensive defenseman and they chased him out of town, Zach Bogosian. So, yeah, I can't say I didn't see this one coming, guys. Um, Did he, before, do you have an opportunity to wear the Buffa slug? I want that's, uh, Bogosian. Yeah, I think he did, didn't he? Yeah. You know what I just realized? Maybe, maybe season, not. We didn't, we didn't do fancy. We didn't do a fancy thing. I know, because that's when we were on our hiatus, when we were in our contract dispute. I know. I was just gonna say when, if I when I went, yeah, <laughs> I was on contract a contract dispute. Uh, yeah, with yeah. each other. <laughs> Thomas, I have yeah. I have a yellow slug toque for you next time I see you. Oh my god! That is bright yellow. It's bright yellow. Has a huge, it. huge embroidered slug on the front of it. Sick. And it it's a folding tube, so, so you can still be a, a hip youth pastor in it. A cool guy. I'd be a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Um, <laughs> before we move away from this division, um, the New York Rangers have been super underwhelming for me, and it's pissing me off. They fucking suck. I they can't suck. figure it out. Yeah, Z- Zabinajad and Panarin have been, like, so disappointing. Well, Panarin had, had COVID, so I'm gonna like put a little asterisk next to his like. Yeah, he. I don't know if his lungs are like can well, fill when, in with when like he, when he doesn't have COVID, he hasn't been excited. Okay, I, and you know what's interesting about that statement is that I'm pretty sure Austin Matthews had COVID, and he's still the top goal scorer in the league. So okay, well now you know. <laughs> no, but it's weird, like. Panarin doesn't really look like himself. Lafreniere has played like shit. Like, there's yeah. no way right now. Is he, is he still at Laf- one goal? Um, oh. He has. I don't remember what he's got. Yeah, because I think, I think. I think he just has one goal. I had him on fantasy and I dropped him. Yeah, yeah like, there's no way right now Lafreniere wins the Calder. Like, Kirill Kaprizov's no. going to oh, win it. It's, it's, we'll talk about Kaprizov later. Or, yeah, or he's still one goal. Getting it. Oh, your but favorite, like, you guys. He's minus four. <laughs> the most useful stat in all of hockey. Can we be clear that I am not a computer <laughs> boy like Thomas? I love Brian. I'm Bird. not even I love that truculence. Much. I'm not love even truculence. I love. I love fighting. Not, no, you like, don't. Fuck off. Yeah, do. You do not. No, you I like don't. fighting. Oh, my God. Okay. No, you don't. I know you don't, so let's keep it moving here. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, no, fighting. No. I like fighting. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, fine. I just like yeah. also numbers that describe the play better than... Like I said, <laughs> when we put our sub stack out, if there's any any 
the graphs. hint of a graph on there, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking put it no, on the I'm dark gonna... web and have people hack us. We'll just change the axis Wait. on it. We'll change something different. Like label the axis different. Wow. Thomas, could I give you just random numbers like, oh, you know, I pulled, you know, who thought that Burger King nuggets were bad and like you could make a graph out of it? I don't have that much do you, time. Do you, do you forget how to make graphs, Chris? They're pretty easy. No, I know, you, I know I've done it before. I haven't done it in a while, but anyways, <laughs> I can't wait for the hoser sub stack. You guys are going to fucking love it. Um. Okay, let's quickly go we're gonna through just the have, other. We're going to have Sorry, yeah, let's actually do our job. Well, not job, whatever. Let's just go through the Discover Central division and then the Honda West, and then we can shut it down. Um, Tampa Bay is good. Um, you're yeah. now a Florida Panthers fan, eh? Thomas, tell us about that. Welcome to the team. Buddy. Honestly, it's just like, it's something weird that they did this season. Like, I think... By last being good. Season, yeah, I think that's basically it. But... <laughs> <laughs> like something weird they did they, by being good this season <laughs> yeah just being likable and yeah i don't know like having hoffman off the team helps and like not really like you can't hate very close legend aaron ekblad uh yeah, Keith he is, Yandel is like is just consistent just fun to watch are yeah, we Barkov, talking enough, like, enough about niagara ice dogs legend carter verhage I was just going to say that. Okay, go and, ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Well, and Stanley Cup champion Carter Verhage. Um, yeah, facts. But, like, I think that line with him, Barkov, and Duclair has, like, run absolutely fucking insane over teams. Like, it's – I was looking at a graph today. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but like for real, they, they've been able to really find success. So like Barkov was dipping in his career, honestly. Like he was not not playing up to his potential and his reputation, but mm-hmm. he's kind of bounced back a little bit with this kind of overall team success and found a little bit of more jolt in his game and kind of just I don't know. And they're just general like more fun to watch. And like those jerseys aren't the best. So maybe it's that, but like, also they just, I don't know, like, and they're also playing shit teams though. Like if you can beat up on Chicago and Nashville and Detroit for a little bit, hell fuck, like, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Fair I'm enough. surprised honestly by Nashville. If we want to talk about like a team for a second, they're bad. I did, I did not peg them as like a team that'll be down there for a while. Like I thought they'd bounce back eventually, but it's, they still run into the same problems of like literally all their forwards don't know how to shoot a puck. Like, it's insane. <laughs> I bl- are we gonna blame it on Phil on uh, Forsberg skates? Forsberg or is tough? <laughs> yeah, how he tapes his skates. I just, That's always it. They're yeah. so bad. Like I can't figure out like what they need to do. I was reading a, a thread today on Twitter where they're talking about like they need to just like rebuild almost, which is crazy to me because like the thought of a team like Nashville rebuilding, I'm, I'm thinking like. You know, although they've had some competitive teams, normally you've, you rebuild once you've kind of hit like a certain point, like just in terms of success or like, you know, where your guys are at a point where, you know, you can trade them to get some assets and, you know, you're thinking more about the future. But like 
to be honest, I'm not really sure like what assets they have that they could yeah. even trade that would yield like, them some positive results. Like they're okay, not, they're so not going to keep... get their worth out of Duchesne or Forsberg. No, you're not going to get or Ellis or ton. Yossi. Or <laughs> I can... Well, like I think you would out of Ellis and Yossi, but Yossi's not going anywhere. Um, no. You know, Dante Fabro is a great young defense defenseman. Matthias Ekholm, I think, has lost a little bit of shine in the last couple of years. Your goaltending is dog shit. It just, like, I can't really figure it out. Like, the Ryan Johansson thing, it was so funny. One of the guys in my fantasy league was trying to fucking trade Ryan Johansson to me the other day. Like, I don't watch hockey. He's like, bro, I got a slightly used Ryan Johansson. Like, are you interested? And I almost slapped the fucking shit out of the guy. Um, Like, it's – I just don't even know what they could have done different. Like – it's they've still tried to do like to build a successful team and like i'm just like trying to see like if literally they could have made any other other picks like that's that was the perfect like team that like oh they have this core of like elderly kind of players that are trying to play well and then like you build you inject prospects into them and try yeah, to like they haven't found the fit though right like that's the problem but it's like yeah like even i was looking at like okay what's a reasonable guess of like where a player should be in so it's like 2017 they had 30th overall pick and they drafted mm-hmm. tolvanen which is a reasonable pick at that point and he's played mm-hmm. four games this year with one goal yeah like yeah and it's, it's not just, even like they have anything in the prospect pipeline like they've got Asperov, which is great well, yeah that's cool that you have your goalie for a team that doesn't. That, like, yeah, you got great. You have your you have your defense and your goalie figured out for everyone. Well, yeah, they also have Dantum. They also have Fabro and like and Fabro's good, but like, well, it's just and they have Tomasino as well, who's going to be a player for them. Yeah, but that's but, so and like and that Russian kid, fuck, um, Afanasyev. Oh, Afanasyev, yeah, from Windsor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they have, like, decent stuff coming down, like, trickling down potential. But, like, man, it's the thing where, like, these are players that you, like, add to complement your player. Like, yeah. imagine if they had, like, if they didn't make the Grandland trade and they had Fiala to still be around. Yeah, yeah like, that's a player that they could have, they could use right now. And then, like, yeah. and if they like just made a couple other changes, like little tweaks of like not making trades for, well, yeah, they, they have all good pieces. The just not them fit together. Yeah. It's so weird. Like Duchesne Man, is I a think... good player. Like Duchesne on literally any other team. Like this is maybe a coaching thing now, but like Lavia is no. a good coach. Like, fuck. yeah. Like Duchesne, Duchesne's the sense. kind of player, like Duchesne's a, like you can build around Duchesne because he'll bring, players up but i don't think forsberg's that player you know what i mean well it's also weird that they have colton systems as their number one center <laughs> like <laughs> that in and of itself is insane to me like obviously he fits a particular you know role on the team but i don't know they they're don't not, make they're any not, sense and they're not deep enough to put guys like duchene and forsberg together though like it's it will no it's true yeah they got to space it out a little bit i suppose did you guys have any other team in the Discover Central Division that you wanted to dive into, or are we over it? Well, like, I don't I know think... why. Yeah. I could, like, quickly, like, 
Carolina haven't really been like they've they're seven and three and they've been kind of delayed. But like, I think they're better. Like that, a lot of people are thinking like they've been kind of put on the back burner as like competitive. Yeah. Um, even though they literally like haven't changed their roster and they're just getting better, and like at it like Nikas got better, but Sveshnikov is still insane. They still have Tervainen, Nina Ryder, Aho, like it's all these players. So I think they're really a, forever going to be a dark horse candidate to come out. But I think, especially they could they could probably take a Tampa Carolina like final out of that division to see who will come out of there is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, Florida too, though. Like if Florida continues to play the way that they're playing. Yeah, I don't know. It could happen. I could see it. They are streaky, and I mean, really, they're going to need to rely on goaltending, right? Which I'd rather have so, Mrazek than Bobrovsky. than Bob. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. When Bob's hot, Bob's hot. But when uh, he's not, he's not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Are you talking about your wife? Whoa, That's never. <laughs> Bob's always hot unless she's cutting my hair. We could talk never. about that after. <laughs> uh, okay, last division: Honda West, uh, Vegas, seventeen points, ten games. They're pretty good. That's why, why I'm a lifer. Yeah, Born you have raised. been a fan since day one. Yeah. Since they won, that's a fact. Since day zero. <laughs> no, I said since I was, day one. Oh, I thought you said you've been a fan since they won. <laughs> yep. <laughs> won what conference final no. they're not they're not putting up banners like nashville yeah conference <laughs> final champions um yeah I, I also think that uh st louis has been good i've been happy with st louis i mean i know that they're having some injury issues but um they're i, a team I was concerned that, how they do without alan <laughs> yeah he's been playing good <laughs> for the habs though yeah i think the one thing that's such a bummer for me when I look at uh, the Blues is um, one of my fave fave players being injured. Right, well, two of my fave players, Tarasenko and Robert Thomas, are both on the IR right now, uh, which yeah. is devastating because Robert Thomas, like that kid's legit. Like he's very good, and he's got a broken thumb, which is brutal because you can't even play PS four or five if you've got one if yeah. you've got a broken thumb. What do you think he's doing? Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Did I ever tell you the story of I ran into him at a Tim Hortons in London? What did you say to him? I said, you're Robert Thomas. He said, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yo, imagine Robert story. Thomas. Imagine he bullied you. He's like, oh, nice. Uh, nice pussy. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually not. Never yeah. heard of him. <laughs> Robert Thomas is mom was a customer of mine ages ago and she was the sweetest lady ever well now you now you know he's a good good york region boy is that is that why uh is that why he's your favorite player his personal stories i think he's legit (laughs) like even when he played in london he was bullying thomas at tim hortons he was legit (laughs) whatever he's good man Never mind. No, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> no, it's you know, it's weird because we're not on camera right now. We can't see each other, which is why we're interrupting each other so much. 
We are being very polite about it, though. We're very Canadian right now. Um, I like it. No, just Vegas and St. Louis both have uh, new captains this year. I'm just real. They're, they're one and two, and they both have new captains this year. Mm, yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, one of my uh, my top guys in fantasy this yeah. year. Yeah. But I think Vegas is going to run the – I think Vegas is going to come out of there. Like, Colorado is decent, but, like, I just – have more trust in Vegas top to bottom on like Colorado's blue line. McCarr's yeah. been absolutely fucking insane though, but I don't know. It's I I don't really see the Blues keeping up with those two. Like I don't think they have the offensive power. Like sure Shannon O'Reilly have been their consistence and they added Hoffman and Crew can definitely supply that from the blue line, but I don't see them in the kind of the same stratosphere as Vegas and Colorado right now. What do you think yeah. about Minnesota? I mean, you're you're the oh the wild guy. Wild guy, fuck. Um, I don't know. They're weird. <laughs> They're transitioning. So it's like whatever this. They went into this season. Let me clear my throat so I can go on this fucking tangent. Yeah, he's completely <laughs> unprepared. <laughs> what? Uh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> um, they. Went to the season totally without expectations. Like they were able to get decent picks with Rossi. They have Boldy. They have players in the pipeline like Kalen Addison, who's like playing right really well in Iowa right now. Um, like I think this season is just like see what they can do with the players that they have, and that's what they kind of management kind of realized with all these rental pieces that like if they're suddenly good then you can try to sell them off at high value. And then if you're the bad, you sell them off for whatever picks you can get. Like there's no way that Marcus Johansson, Nick Benino, Nick Bukestad, all these rental players that are becoming free agents in the summer are going to be in Minnesota for past the trade deadline. I don't see management like even taking a grain of thought and like, Oh, keep the team together so that you could get like shit kicked by Vegas in the first round. Like, or even not even even miss the playoffs. Like Kaprizov has been amazing. Fiala has been okay, and he was recently on a hot streak before his suspension, um, yeah. before they shut down COVID. But I think it's just transition. It's just whatever comes their way, they can get. They've looked more exciting than years past. They've won more games than lost so far. So like, fuck, like take whatever you can get. But yeah, like I. I think there's literally zero expectation and the fan base shouldn't have any expectation when it comes to the wild. Yeah. But I think it's just, yeah, see what you can get at the deadline and whatever, go along with the ride. And then next year, there's a little bit more expectation with players graduating. Hopefully Ross is back and healthy. Boldy yeah, exactly. will join the team later and he'll probably join the team later this season after Boston college is eliminated from the hockey sp- uh, playoffs. But yeah, so like, if you talk about Jerry York that way, I was gonna say you don't think they can go all the way. It's kind of disrespectful, but whatever. Eliminated or won, I think it's. I think they're doing like single elimination. I think I saw something yesterday. Like it's weird. Um, yeah, and like all internal, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think for the while it's just future and just see whatever. Like fuck. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, I agree with you. I think. They are obviously in a transitional period, but like Kaprizov has been good. 
I mean, if he keeps up at the clip that he's, you know, putting up now, you know, there, there's a really good chance that he could be, you know, the Calder uh, trophy finalist, which I think is great, or the winner, if not, you know, one of the top finalists. I'll tell you one thing for free, though. It's not going to be Lafreniere. And, uh, no. you know, this is what you get for not coming to play for Team Canada. So, sorry, but not sorry. You know what I'm saying? Um, what? 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 Okay, we're done. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's wind down, boys. This has been a pretty long episode, which has been good. I think we hit on a lot of good things. Um, obviously, there are some things that we haven't talked about because there was a you know that period of time when we were on a little bit of a sabbatical. But um, I think you guys did a good job today. Everybody, uh, you know, was pulling their weight and uh, Thanks, you know, pucks in deep and uh, you know all those things. Thanks, buddy. So, uh, before yeah. we wrap up, Thomas, do you have anything you want to plug, buddy? Uh, read hockeywilderness.com. Follow hockeywilderness on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at No Salary Attained. Um, subscribe to the Hosers Substack. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, we got to figure that out offline, but I think we need well, to have something soon. When I'm not working tomorrow and like on lunch break, I'll figure it out or something. I like it. Carter, are you looking forward to having something to plug once the Substack's ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, maybe you guys are diving into or like an untapped resource with me. Yeah, I mean, all we I, know that. All I've been doing for that, years is writing. <laughs> well, we also know that Hosers has good writing genes. Like, you know, I, I was voted top hockey wilderness writer when I was working for that organization for a bit. Um, Are you, did you catch that check? Yeah, I did. That that non-existing, non-existent podcast check, the 20 bucks? Yeah. So basically, um, SB Nation paid me 20 bucks and I spent it. So uh, yeah, like I spent it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did I say though? What was the, what was our pitch? Oh, for one ninety nine a month, you can read works by Hockey Wilderness's ex-top writer, someone who's never <laughs> written about hockey before, and T Dog Williams. Yeah, I mean, but it's m- minus be... the one ninety nine a month, like it's going to be free, but the rest of it is pretty. Yeah, like no offense to people that are you know able to monetize Substack and Patreon and all that shit, but. Um, I'm only doing this to make people laugh and to argue with people. I just need an outlet to argue. Uh, So I think it'll be very positive. And really, as long as we have T.O. reading, we have Craig reading, we got Sean reading, all the boys and the girls for that matter. Like I know there's there's lots of, uh, you know, women that dig this stupid podcast. So we have um, your your mom that's going to be reading. Yep. 100%. 100%. She's going to cut um, Carter's article and like paste it on the fridge. And like, <laughs> she loves Carter. It's Big funny because it's actually probably going to happen. Yeah, it'll be funny. I'll make sure that I get a photo of it when it happens. But uh, Carter, do you want to plug anything? Like any cases that you're reading about? Uh, anything like that? Um, no, I'm just actually right now I'm, I'm, I'm studying about, uh, section 35 in our constitution, which is, oh yeah, it's the, uh, the, the like quote unquote protection of, um, of 
it's it's tough. I, I don't know what word to use because they pref prefer indigenous, but the law calls it Aboriginal, and then they still use like some archaic language, but they talk about the protection of the the treaties and the laws and everything. And they it, basically just studying how like the government walks all over the treaties and they impose and put restrictions on it, like time and time and time again. So it's pretty, it's tough because it's like an emotional read, right? Like I'm reading this stuff and with everything going on, not mm. to get dark, but like with everything going on, you're like you're, it's not, you're not in it, but you like, you're, you're so like enveloped by it. Right. So it's yeah tough. Read section 35 of our constitution. If anybody wants a, an interesting Put that read. on the closure substack. But on, yeah, honestly, fuck. Fuck the government. No. It's yeah, crazy. Man. It is crazy. Um, yeah, Carter, you're the best, man. I'm trying thanks, to make guys. the world a better thanks place. For, thanks for putting up with me, you guys. <laughs> I mean, well, you're, yo, you're the only, you are the only one here trying to make the world a better place. So, 100%. Thomas, so Thomas is just trying to trigger Dallas Stars fans. Um, <laughs> I, I'm out. Oh, here. yeah. Just you know, just not doing a whole lot like getting my phones. Yeah, exactly. Helping, yeah. Help, helping people with technology. Um, how are the McDavid's future the McDavid's of the world? Yeah, how yeah. are the future McDavid's of the world supposed to have little scandals like that on their cell phones yeah. if you don't how give are, them cell phones? How are fifteen-year-olds supposed to send dick pics to their puck bunnies without you guys? Well, you know what? I'm just happy to be here, fellas. <laughs> you're the vessel Yo. through which they 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 wheel. Yep. Yeah. I like it. You you are the instigator to minors. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should. We're gonna down. have to cut that. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good thing I've got uh, a future lawyer in my corner to deal with all the litigation that's gonna come of that comment. Just, just bleep uh -huh. it out. It's worth. It's worth for the laugh. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yo, I got to give Carter a quick shout out because um, Robin was trimming my hair the other day because it was getting pretty gross. Like I was looking like a like a homeless wizard, like dirty Santa type. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I won't say she did a bad job, but there were definitely some parts that were not looking too fresh. And Carter, um, he is in my bubble, so don't worry about him and I you know, being together, but he, he came over, he fixed my hair. I went into work today. People were like, who is he? Oh, he's so handsome. You know, um, there's like, this guys, guy. It's Chris. It's Chris. Yeah. It, they're right. They're like, Ki they're killer. Is that you, bro? And I'm like, yeah, bro, it's me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but you know what, uh, Carter, listen, I, I love you. You know that. All I'm saying is that I don't think Thomas would ever drive to my house to fix my hair. So I can't drive. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, wrong. not with that attitude. You can't okay. love you too, buddy. Love you too, Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas did York. give me a free uh, peppermint mocha the last time I saw him. So yeah, well, now I can't Carter's do that anymore. So. Carter's never done that for me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Thomas can get you into heaven now, though. So be, yeah. keep, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Right? Yeah. 
Okay, we I'll have be, to I'll end meet on you at that. the pearly gates. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Imagine Thomas is just like got a checklist. He's like, "You're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, you you can't come in. I'm sorry. You're not on the list." His oh, checklist Gio? is he just he just vets your he vets your Twitter. Yeah, Gio. he's just like, "Hey, it's me, Tony D'Angelo. Can't you get me in? What do you mean, bro?" <laughs> Thomas was like, well, I can't uh, find your Twitter here. I can find New York fan seven three eight though. <laughs> yeah, yo, we didn't get a chance to talk about because I was editing the episode the morning that uh, the him being bamboozled on Twitter came out. Um, we don't have enough time to talk about it, but L M F A O. That we'll was. Do, uh, we have. We'll have a new else. bit. We'll have a new bit next week when we stick to our weekly cadence yeah we got to try out our new bit from the burner uh and we also need to try out our new segment is thomas letting this player into heaven why or why not (laughs) thomas say again yeah he's um well i'll tell you i'll tell you one thing jamie ben will be at the gate being like bro you gotta let me in i'm not going down Okay, we got to end this stupid thing. Um, uh, uh, rate and review the podcast uh, and subscribe to it for that matter on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. um, SoundCloud, uh, all those other places. Um, shout out to all the people um, in my life that have been leaving um, reviews in different languages. I know we have uh, Russian and Hebrew in the last couple of weeks. So shout out to those five star reviews. Don't know what they say, but um, we're going to work through it. Uh, And that's it, boys. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week for episode 78, the uh, Who Wears 78. Uh, That's the number that uh, Lilligren or Sandine wore in uh, training camp and also TJ Brody's number. So Mm. we'll see you then. Have a good night, guys. Night, guys. Bye. But she liked the way I did he bop. You peep that.